have to, we have to do our best to resist a spirit of religion. Listen, I'm going to, I'm going to tell you, anytime you get tempted to be, uh, to get uh, angry about something in church or to get bent out of shape or get offended about something in church, it's always because you're standing in a, in a place where you've allowed religion to come and mess with you. Because I know I, even, even, even when it seems like you have a, you know, the, the Bible says, and Pastor Annie talked about this when she uh, taught us out of the uh, book, The Bait of Satan. Uh, everybody always calls it the book of Satan, but it's really the bait of Satan. <laughs> but when she, when she, the bait of Satan is, is offense. And so anytime we, anytime we're offended, it's because we've gotten in a wrong, we've gotten in a wrong place in our walk with the Lord. We've gotten our eyes off of Jesus in some way because because the Bible teaches, even when we have a right to be offended, we shouldn't be offended. Some of y'all that need to hear this aren't paying attention. Amen. I see that now they'll get their drawers in a bunch over that, but see, that's exactly what I'm talking about. Some of you need to readjust your drawers and get them out of a bunch in lots of areas of life. And so we, we as God's people, we need to learn how to live in that place free of, free of that religious influence, living in a place of victory because we're, we're living in him. In him we live and move and have our being. Amen. And so uh, when it comes to uh, uh, finances, when it comes to tithes and offerings, we don't want to get in that mode where we give out of a of, out of a sense of well, if I don't do this, it's uh, the Lord's gonna punish me or or somehow or another. You know, I, I'll I'll be honest with you. There are consequences for every one of our actions. The Bible says, "Be not deceived. God is not mocked. Whatsoever man soweth, that shall he also reap." If you sow to the flesh, then of the flesh you'll reap corruption. If you sow to the Spirit, then of the Spirit you'll reap life everlasting. You know what? That, that verse of Scripture isn't to intimidate us or to, be, uh, or to be a dictatorial or domineering. When we hear that verse of Scripture, we need to hear it in the way that it's really spoken to us. And that's this. You can expect that wherever you sow, that's where you're going. That's what the, that's what the Scripture is saying. It's not a threat. It's not a, an attempt to intimidate us into doing what God wants us to do. It's God saying this, whatever you sow, that's what, just understand it. Whatever you sow, you're going to reap. If you sow corn, you're going to get corn. If you sow potatoes, you're going to get potatoes. If you sow tomatoes, you're going to get tomatoes. If you sow watermelon, you're going to get watermelon. Amen. If you sow strife, you're going to receive strife. If you sow discord, you're going to receive discord. If you, Amen. See, some of you have not yet put together that the reason why uh, you really have a battle is not... Uh, some people think that... Uh, uh, some people go through life believing that the church is the problem. I've been to problematic churches. I've attended problematic churches. But you know what? I found out that God is not a problematic God. That he's the same God in problematic churches as he is in churches that seemingly have no problems. In fact, he's always the same God no matter what. No matter, no matter the condition of God's people or the people of the world, he's still the same God. Amen. And we just have to choose to have fellowship with the God of the Bible. Amen. Not the gods that we choose to serve sometimes when we're going through difficulties and struggles and troubles. So today... When you're looking at uh, sowing your tithe and your offering, 
There are consequences when you don't do the word of God. Will, 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 you, will you suffer some if you don't tithe and offering give? Uh, maybe not immediately, but yes. At some point in life, in the long run, you're going to go through difficulties that the tither doesn't go through. You say, well, well, why? Well, because the Bible says whatever you sow, that's what you're going to reap. Amen. And there's a tither's blessing. The devourer's rebuked for our sake. Amen. Glory to God. Uh, there's a blessing that we receive uh, that we, that we, that we, uh, uh, I'm going to help you out here, Ted. You got a little fuzz hanging on to you. I received that in the name of Jesus. Um, amen. Uh, there's blessing from the Lord that there's not room enough to receive. Amen. We become a delightsome land. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And uh, everyone looks at us and calls us blessed. Praise God. So when you, when you tithe and when you offering give, you open up the door for the Lord to bless you with the blessings that come with tithing and offering giving. When you, when you don't, it's, it's kind of like praying. Do you know when you pray, uh, your life goes a whole heck of a lot easier? Do you, do you have to pray? No, you don't have to pray at all. But I'm going to tell you something. You're going to go through issues and you're going to go through struggles and you're going to have problems, not because God is punishing you for not praying, but because prayer creates an environment in your life that, uh, that attracts God, that attracts the presence of the Lord, and that releases his ability to fulfill his promises because there's an alignment between you and he in that communion, in that fellowship of prayer. Amen. People that pray, uh, people that pray go through a whole lot less difficulty than people that don't. People that pray get a whole lot of, now again, you understand what I'm saying? I'm not saying, well, bless God, pray, or God's going God's gonna, to God's gonna run you through the ringer. No, God's not going to run you through anything. His word just tells us what we need to do to stay aligned uh, with his blessing. And to stay aligned with, uh, it's like a, a you, I can, I can, you can say, I'm thirsty. And I can go in there and turn the faucet on in the kitchen. Until you align something with that faucet to catch some water to quench your thirst, you're still going to be thirsty. So if you're going to quench your thirst, you have to align yourself with the spout where the water comes out. And that's what we're doing as we, uh, hopefully I made sense of that. That's what we're doing as we tithe and offer and give, as we do anything that we do for the Lord. So if you're, if you're a superseder, this is it, isn't it? 52. This is it. This is the last one, 52 over and above your tithe and your offering. Uh, we, there are many of us that are superseders, and so uh, we are sowing and we're believing a God for supernatural increase. Amen. Amen. Next year, some of you might want to join me in doubling your supersede. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to double my supersede this next year. I'm going to sow $2 the first year, the first week. Amen then $4, then $8, and it grows exponentially from there. Amen. And so uh, if, if you've already worked your faith to the point where you can do this, then some of us, we're going to stretch out. And I'm, again, I, I, I want to I get out there, and I want to I believe the Lord for increase. Amen. All right. Uh, if you're writing a check, of course, make your check to the church. If you, most of you are uh, giving um, uh, through uh, text to give, or uh, somehow electronically, you can uh, send the keyword Winners Church 77977. Uh, if you've never done that, if you'll just do that, if you want to start to sow that way, um, if you'll do this 
uh, today, it, they, it, uh, uh, it will prompt you and it'll show you how to connect and to sew electronically. Uh, of course, if you're writing a check, make your check to Winter's Church. If you're giving cash, there are envelopes in the backs of the seats. If you're a visitor with us today, uh, fill out a visitor's card. Let us know who you are, where you came from, and uh, we'd like to pray for you. Amen. And we'd like to uh, connect with you. And those of you that uh, are here, there are some folks that they come and, and uh, um, we don't see them for a while. Make a note of some of the folks that are not here that you haven't seen in a minute. Uh, one, of the, one of the folks that has been on my heart has been Raphael, who sits over here, uh, Raphael Centrone, who is battling with cancer and with other uh, uh, kind of things in his body. And we, want to, we, we definitely want to pray for him, especially during this a season. I haven't seen him in a couple of weeks, and so uh, if some of you that maybe have connected with him will reach out to him today and let him know how much we love him and that you're thinking about him and that uh, we're praying for him and we're believing God for a miracle. You, do you know if he doesn't get a miracle, he will, he'll, he'll meet Jesus. So I'm, I'm agreeing with him. We serve a miracle-working God. Amen. Isn't that right? And so let's believe God with him to receive a miracle. Praise the Lord. All right, let's pray over our tithe and over our offering. Brother Ted, I want you to pray over the tithe and the offering today, will you? Amen. Amen. All right. You can bring your tithe. You can bring your offering. Glory to God. You know, this uh, on Wednesdays, we have been talking about, uh, uh, well, for a couple Wednesdays there, we were talking about something. Discovering your God-given purpose. We, we've, we covered that for about uh, four days. If you weren't here and didn't hear that, it is on the uh, podcast and also on the app if you want to listen to it and hear it. I would encourage you that if you are looking to discover your God-given purpose, that you listen to that. Because a lot of what, what keeps us from, from, um, from receiving a revelation from the Lord concerning our purpose. Now, so, now, I know some of you have desires. You can't confuse what you desire with God's purpose. Do you, you hear what I just said? I know some of you have desires, but just because you desire something doesn't mean it's God's purpose. So, <laughs> he's getting it. Amen. So we have to, we have to, we have to be able to distinguish between what it is that God has for us and what it is that we desire for ourselves, Because some of us, we, we chase after selfish ambition instead of chasing after what the Lord has for us. You say, so how do you determine the difference? Well, I'll tell you right now, you don't determine it in the natural. You don't just decide, you know, this is what I feel like I want to do. It's what I desire. I've always felt this way. You know, there's, I, I always felt like I wanted to be a rock star. Guess what? That's not what I needed to be. <laughs> Maybe I am, you know. <laughs> uh, yeah, just different terms. But 
you know, there's some, there's some people that that's, you know, they get, they get honed in on something that they desire and then they miss out on all that God has for them. Now, some, some of us, we get caught up in what God ultimately has for us, the vision that he has for our life at some time in the future. For example, he called me to be, how many of you know, it was always God's purpose for me to fill this capacity and to, uh, uh, to establish this church and to pastor this church. Now, I didn't know it, but God always had that planned. Well, guess what? I didn't start out in my walk with God going after this. In fact, I was, I was primarily unaware that this would ever come into existence and manifest in my life. So what, where does it start? Where does, where does discovering God's purpose? Listen, listen to me, y'all. Some of y'all haven't even started the journey because all you've done is imagine things in your mind and, uh, and, and look, look for God to do things that you've desired personally in your own, you know, just out of your own desires, maybe out of your own flesh. And, uh, I know some people say, well, it's godly. What I want is godly. It, you know, you can still want godly stuff out of the flesh. Right. You know, what Lucifer wanted wasn't ungod necessarily ungodly. He wanted to go to, he wanted to, he wanted to dwell in heaven. <laughs> he wanted to be like the most high. Well, you know what? I want to be like the most high. The Bible tells us be imitators of God. Amen. Lucifer wanted that. What he wanted wasn't necessarily uh, something that was bad. It was just out of place. It wasn't in its proper place. And so some of us, we've, we, uh, we want godly stuff. It's just not in the proper perspective. And so anyway, I'm, I'm not trying to get off into that too much. But I, I, wanna, I just want to make sure that I provoke your thinking. And those of you that maybe didn't, didn't come and didn't hear those, uh, that teaching, that you'll listen to it and get a hold of it because it will set you on the path. You're going you're gonna to be shocked. You're not going to get prophesied over and told what your gift is. But what you will be told is how to start the journey of discovering your God-given purpose. Where, where do you start? Because you have no hope of fulfilling God's purpose for your life until you start the journey where he intends for you to. You don't start climbing the ladder in the middle of the ladder. You start at the bottom, you work your way up. And that's true for everybody. Amen. Some of you, the reason why you're not even in the... Some people are like, well, you know, this job, I've been in this church a long time. I've never got no opportunity. That ought to tell you something. Opportunities abound at this church. If you've ever had one, it's because you hadn't started. Not, not, it's not my fault. It's not your pastor's fault. It's not anybody's fault around you. Look in the mirror. It's you. You've got, to, you've got to start the journey. You know, what, you know what journey some people don't want to start? Being faithful. They want to be everything God wants them to be, but they don't want to be faithful to anywhere. They don't want to serve, which is, which is kind of where I was going to. They don't want to serve. Because bless God, you know, uh, I, I, just, I just think that... Uh, uh, you know, church is all the time wanting everybody to serve and nobody ever gets anything out of it except the pastor. <laughs> I'd like to know what I was getting out of it, but anyway. <laughs> you forget what we're doing is for the kingdom. Okay. Amen. Including myself. Yes, sir. Amen. Amen. You know, I, 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 don't, I don't think that some people stop to consider all that others have 
um, done and endured and gone through to achieve the things that they've achieved in the kingdom. We see them at some point in their walk, at some point in their life. For example, you know, in this church, I had a guy tell me, he says, boy, you know, you're smart for starting that church. You know, that will supplement your income when you're not, you know, when you're not on the road preaching. I thought, are you serious? No wonder your church sucks. And no wonder it doesn't exist anymore. Because you can't, you can't start a church with that mindset, with that idea. In fact, you can't start a church because you want to. Any, I mean, you could. I guess you could. I mean, it wouldn't be. A, but not for long. But anyhow. But, you know, we started this church because the Lord told us to. I didn't even really want to. And then when we started this church, you know, when we first started this church, we started out and the Lord blessed us big time financially. You know, here's, here's what some people, that, they, they, you know, there are actually some people sit in this building and say, oh, he only does this for the money. Really? Is that why for the first six years we didn't take a salary, not one penny from this? You're an idiot. I know some people are like, you, you shouldn't say that. Why? It's, it's, it's moronic. People, get in, they get in the flesh. They start thinking carnally. They start, they start thinking outside of the Word of God. Now, you know what? I wasn't right in not taking a, a, some kind of a payment or some kind of stuff. I paid somebody else from the time we started the church all the way through until they, they went and started another work. But, you know, we didn't, we didn't take pay for... For half, for half of the existence of this church, we didn't receive a, any kind of compensation. Zero. I'm not talking about we got a stipend. We got no compensation whatsoever. Not, not because we were trying to be boastful or proud or because we felt like we were, but because we didn't need it. But then the Lord, you know, he dealt with me. He's like, it's, it's not about your need. It's about my way. The Bible says, let him that is taught in the word communicate unto him that teaches. He says, if you don't start letting these folks communicate unto you that teach, you're going to mess up the flow. It's, it's, it's the way of the kingdom. And so we got, we got ourselves lined out. We began to receive a, 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 some sort of, of a salary from the church. And it's been, a, it's been a big time blessing to us. But this whole idea that we did this for the money. Amen. What a Christmas, what a beautiful Christmas message. Some of you don't know it, but this is a wonderful Christmas message. I'm, I'm about to, because here's the thing. Any, anyone who gets bent out of shape when a preacher go to talking like this, you, you miss the whole point. Not only of, of the kingdom and of the church, but of the season that we're in. You know, these, these, these things that, that, that I'm talking about here and what we've been talking about here at Winter's Church, these things are the things that, that um, sometimes will make or break a church. Go to the book of uh, Philippi, uh, Philippians. Philippians chapter 2, and we're going to read this, and then after this, we're going to receive communion. Philippians chapter 2.
I was unable to come and to do the first um, armor bearer uh, uh, servitude messages on Wednesday. Sheree did an outstanding job. Listen, listen to it. Listen to what she said. She was, she was on. Listen, Sheree got up here and she melted our faces. Amen. It was awesome. It's the best she's ever done. I'm, I'm telling you, she did a great job. Uh, but we, we we're talking about the Armor Bearer book. Let me say this about the Armor Bearer book. It's a very good book. There's some oh, things, hey. there's some, there's some things that he says in that book that kind of rub, I think, everyone the wrong way. When he talks about serving your leader and serving, you know, people in leadership, I don't necessarily, that's not the language that I would use because we're not really serving people, we're serving the Lord. In everything that you do. If he could talk, he'd be like, pray for me. <laughs> like, Mr. K, like Mr. Cave, Mr. Cave, pray for me. I don't know what you have back here. <laughs> Before you can ever enter into any ministry, any form of ministry, whether it be, whether it be pulpit ministry, uh, some ministry office, you know, fivefold ministry, whether it's a ministry of helps, uh, whether it's a, uh, 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 now, uh, again, I'm, I'm saying this, I'm saying this from the perspective of this is what we need as the body of Christ. It's not the way that everybody goes. You can, you can, you can have gifts of the Spirit and you can go into the ministry and not do these things first, but if you do, it's, it skews and it, and it, uh, It skews and it doesn't make clear what God intended to do through these ministries and these gifts that he put inside of men. It, it, doesn't, it doesn't help uh, the kingdom and help the body as much as what God intended for it to. But like when he talks about serving, uh, you know, serving your leader, being, you know, this and that and the other, you know, we're not really serving people, we're serving the Lord. You know what, y'all, when y'all serve in this church, you're not serving me. I know some people can't get over that. They're like, well, I'm not about to do anything for a man. You're not doing it for a man. You're doing it for the, if, if, if you're doing it for a man, you're doing it for the wrong reason. You're doing it for Jesus. Amen. If God called you and he put you in this church, he called you and he put you in this church to serve the vision that he gave. This isn't the vision of a man. This is a vision that the Lord had for something that he desired to do in the city of Oklahoma City. Amen. In the greater Oklahoma City area. And uh, we all came together for the purpose of doing it. Now, is, is everyone, is everyone uh, going to get credit when the work is done? No. Do you, know, do you know if we accomplish everything God has called us to accomplish, do you know who's going to be talked about how they succeeded in this and that when it's all said and done? Me. They're going to say that I did it. But you know what? I know good and well that I didn't do a bit of it. Always have. And I've always known that. I've always known that the things that God has done through my life and through my ministry have, have absolutely nothing to do. I, I, honestly, I'm not, this isn't disingenuous. I'm, I really mean this. I know good and well that none of it has ever been because of me. In fact, it's always been in spite of me that God has done these things. I've done lots of stuff to get in his way. And even though I got in his way, he did it anyway. Amen. 
God's a good God. Amen. If he, and if he can do that for me, he can do that for you. See, the only difference between me and you all in all of this is position. What, what position God has called us to. What part God, what role God has called you to play. Some of you are set on being top dog. I'm not even, church, I'm not even set on being top. I don't understand that. I'm not even set on being top dog. I, and I think that that's, that's the heart that needs to be inside of God's people more than anything. God hadn't, call, God hadn't called us to, you know, some people want to serve in leadership just because they want to be closer to the pastor. They want to be in the club. Let me let you in on a little secret. There is no club. Well, you know, there's leadership. Uh-huh. And, and there have been a lot of people tried to get up in that leadership group and were handed their butts. Because it's not a club, it's work. There was an expectation that if you were in leadership, that if you were a department head, that you, that you tow the line, that you do what it is that is expected. Do you know how hard it is to do to, to labor and to do that work in church without compensation, without being paid a salary, to dedicate your life to doing it solely based on the fact that God called you to do it. And it's going to take work. See, some people got leadership. They thought they was going to be my... Matt, now I'm going to get to be friends with Pastor Zig. And they felt no closer to me than they did when they weren't in leadership. And felt ripped off. Guess what? That's not what leadership in this church is. You, you, don't, you don't get in leadership. You don't serve in, in a place of leadership because um, you want to be friends with the pastor. If you want to be my friend, text me every now and then. How you doing, Pastor? What's up? Don't sit around and complain and mumble and groan and some some people the minute minute church is over, they hit the door. I'm not gonna be a part of no click. Well, you then don't complain if you're not friends with the pastor. Well, I am. See, some people, some people thought they was going to get a break at Christmas time. Yeah, we're going to break you a carnality. Amen. So Philippians chapter 2, let's read it. And this is, this is really, this, you know, this is why Jesus came. It says, so if there, let's read the first part because I think it's good. Verse 1. So if there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any a participation in the spirit, any affection and sympathy. Complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit. Are y'all hearing this? Yeah. Do nothing of selfish ambition or conceit, 
But in humility, count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests. Is this in the Bible? You, do you mean everything I was just saying is a scripture? <laughs> and some people thought I was just, he just saying that because you pick it on me. No, it's, I was actually just kind of expounding on the word of God. And you know what? This word provokes and challenges me just like it provokes and challenges. Don't, listen, don't, don't, don't think that you're special and unique, that you're the only one that comes to church and gets bent out of shape. That you're the only one when you get in the presence of God that you're the only one that's challenged. I get challenged too. Sometimes I leave the presence of God a little bent out of shape. Amen. Because it says, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Verse 4, let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name so that at that name of Jesus, every knee should bow. Do you know why his name has such great authority? Because of what he was willing to do. Because of what he was willing. You know what? He was God. Manifested in the flesh. Came. Lived as a man. And while he was on the earth, instead of esteeming himself as being God, he took on upon himself the attitude of a servant. Oh, yeah. Amen. 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 Well, Jesus wouldn't be like these pastors today. Listen, let me, let me tell you something. You concern yourself with you. You know, some of us, some of us, we get tripped up over everybody else, over how, how we think. You don't even know how most of these people live. All you see is pictures and blurbs and, and sound bites and opinions given on social media and, and different things. And some folks, some folks, and I, I say this because, you know, I know we think uh, at Winter's Church, everybody's got to love Pastor Zig. Well, you know, most of the time, I think most people do. Most of the time. But, you know, then there are those times people get their drawers in a bunch. They get bent out of shape. They begin to question, you know, the motives of my heart. Why is he doing that? You know, why? I wonder why he did that. You know, it seems like everything, you know, that they're doing seems to serve uh, his purpose. And what about everybody else? What about my purpose? What about my vision? What about my dreams? What about my ministry? You know, the way we got here, we, did, we weren't going after our dreams and our own ambitions and everything we wanted to do. If, if, if we had, we wouldn't be here. 
fact, if Annie had her way, we'd be in Puerto Rico right now living it up <laughs> on the beach. She'd be retired. I'd quit traveling, you know. I mean, if we had our rathers, we'd rather have gone a different, amen. But see, that's what, you know, Jesus, when he was here on the earth, just before he died, the Bible said that he was under such stress that he sweat blood. And, and, the, and the Bible says this. The Bible says he said, Lord, if you can, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. I don't know that I want to go through this. You know, I think if Jesus had his rathers, he'd rather not have done what he did. You know, I, I, th I don't think that we believe that Jesus was touched with the feelings of our infirmities, even though the Bible says that he was. I think that sometimes we believe that he lived on such a higher plane and a higher level that there's no possible way that he could understand the difficulties that we go through in, in making decisions and walking through life. But it's not true. The Bible said he suffered everything we would suffer. He endured everything that we would endure. He was tempted in every manner, in every fashion, in every way. In every way that we could be tempted, he was tempted. And he understands more than anyone, what it is that we're going through. Listen, he was, he was God, but he, he took off his divinity. He took off that God. When Jesus was born, this is what we're celebrating. This is, why I, this is why I celebrate. I don't celebrate Christmas just over the fact that he was born, but the fact that he was willing to lay down his divinity to step off of that throne in heaven and come and be born in the likeness of man and take upon himself the form of a servant instead of being God, amen. Some of us can't even be a deacon. Because that's above our pay grade. I am preaching. I, can, I am preaching today. I remember when the Lord spoke to me and told me to go to a church, and we were not, we were not, uh, we went through about a six-month, eight-month period of time where we didn't attend church regularly because we were put out. We were in the flesh. We, we had allowed a fence. I had allowed a fence, and I won't put any of it on Annie. I'm the one who allowed it, and she just followed me. Whatever attitude I had, she took on. And, and you know what? Listen, uh, you husbands need to listen. Listen, men, husbands, soon-to-be husbands, understand something. You may or may not understand this, and you may, not, you may do this inadvertently. But whatever you choose to allow into your home, whether it's joy or bitterness, whether it's peace or chaos. You may not know this, but you really, you really leading your whole family into that. And just like Adam was held responsible for what Eve, you know what? Eve was the one who ate the stinking fruit. 
I always say that. Women, where would we be without them? In the Garden of Eden. Amen. But anyway, no, no, it's not true. Not true. But when you, when you, look, at, when you look at the Scripture, you know what? Adam didn't do his job. Adam didn't teach her. You know what? She went and started talking all kinds of nonsense to that serpent. God said, don't look at it. Don't even touch it. We weren't even supposed to look at it, and we're going to die. That wasn't what God said. Adam, Adam didn't make clear to the woman what, amen. He, did, he didn't lead. He, he, he led, but he led in the direction that they went. You know what? Eve wasn't the first. I, I'm going to tell you something. Eve was not the first one that was attracted to that fruit. She wouldn't have been attracted if Adam hadn't have been attracted first. So when we, amen, CC, the women be like, mm-hmm. it's true. Wherever, listen, if you allow, if you allow bitterness and strife and division, selfishness, selfish ambition, a high-minded attitude. If you allow that in your, in your home as a, as a man, as a husband, as a father, it will trickle down into your family. Because when I allowed offense to come into me, by default, she was offended. And you know what happens? You know what happens, men? Men, listen to me. Okay. Go ahead now. Your wife will take Whatever attitude that you have allowed in your, in your marriage and in your family and in your house, and it will, it, will, it will become exponential in her. It becomes greater in her than it is in you. Your, your offense will double in her. Because that's what happened. I was offended, but she was more offended. I felt bad, but she felt even worse. When it came time for the Lord to talk to me and God was dealing with me and saying, now you go back and you go to this church. I want you to go to this church. You know what? I didn't want to go, but I knew enough about God that I, I should be obedient. And so I obeyed God and I went to church. You know, I told Annie, I said, come to church with me. You know what she said? I ain't going. You know why? Because she was more offended than I was. Some of us don't understand the seeds of discord that we're sowing in our families by continuing to live with the attitudes that we have. I am preaching. You know, that's why, the, that's why this scripture says, I know some of you are like, is this the Christmas message? It is. It is. It is. It is a Christmas message. Guess what? It is not about presents. It is not about trees. It's not about a fat man in a red suit saying, ho, ho, ho. It's about God. God doing something that when he endured what he endured, he sweat great drops of blood and said, if you could make this pass by me, I've, I, th I think I've had a, I think I've had a change of heart. If, do I really have to do this? Anyhow, let me finish my story. We went to, I went to church. Annie wouldn't go with me. 
I'd been an evangelist from the time I was 16. This is when we were 21. So five years on my own evangelizing and 21 years old, and the Lord sends me this church. I preach at that church. That pastor comes to me. He says, I think you're supposed to be my youth pastor. You know what? I was offended. You're, are you <laughs> youth pastor? Bless God, I'm an evangelist. I've been an evangelist longer than you. In fact, I had been a, an evangelist longer than he had been a pastor. Okay. He had been a pastor for one year. That was, that, was the, that was the qualifications of his ministry. He had been in ministry for one year. I had been in ministry for going on six years. What in the world? Come on, somebody. But see, these are the, these are the things that we will... <laughs> see, some of y'all sit up here, you act like I never went through what y'all went through. Pastor never had a pastor. He just, pastor thinks, and pastor this, and pastor that. Well, guess what? Pastor was an evangelist and was approached by a one-year pastor, had five years less in ministry than what he did, of, and, and had the gall and the audacity to ask me to serve in a lower... Are you kidding me? I was like George Jefferson living on the, you know. And they're asking me to, they asked me to go back to the projects. I've been preaching to adults. You want me to go to preach to youth? I'm above that. So I'm going to tell you right now, you don't have the heart of Jesus. Listen, when you think you're above anything. Come on now, when you think you're above anything, the minute you think you're above anything, you've gotten away from the very reason why we even should be celebrating this season. You know what? The reason why we celebrate this season is because God, because of the love that he loved us with, because of... Amen. Because, because he took on the attitude of this scripture. He laid down his divinity. He laid down his godness. He came as a man and he chose to become a servant and stay, even though he was God. You know, the Bible says, let this mind be in you. Why is Pastor Ziggy so rough? I'm not being rough. I'm just preaching you the Bible. Okay. I have no, yeah, I know some, some of you are like, I feel like you're talking to me. Well, if you feel like I'm talking to you, I'm talking to you. Okay. If you think this message is directed towards you, ding, 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 you're right. Okay. Now, do I have anyone in mind right now? Absolutely nobody. I don't know why I'm telling you this other than the Spirit of God has me speaking this out here today. Didn't intend on telling you this. I, by now, I thought, we'd, be, I thought we'd, we'd all be trying to wash out the taste of those communion wafers and, and grape juice as we walked into the parking lot. But the Spirit of God dropped this on me. I came in here ready to worship. 
Lord said, go back to the office. I'm going to show you something. You know, you know what this world needs more than anything else? They don't need a bunch of Christians that are running around, functioning and manifesting gifts of the Spirit, understanding, you know, that they're called to some ministry gift. I'm an I'm evangelist. I'm a this. I'm a that. Bless God. I'm, a, I'm called to God. They need believers that are willing to wake up early on a Saturday morning in the summertime. Show up to an apartment complex we got no business being at. It's hot. We're sweaty. People are going to be late. It's not going to be clear everything that's going to happen. Things aren't going to go as planned. The hot dogs are going to be frozen. The worship team's not going to know what to play. Cherie's going to say something. Cherie is going to say something. That is a guarantee right now. Cherie going to say something. You're going to have to either love Jesus Come on now. But instead of doing what we would naturally do, normally do, do you know what God's looking for from us? Lord, you laid your life down. Man, I wish things were more organized. But am I going to let that hinder me from what we're doing here? I mean, what are we doing here? Why are we a church? Why are we, why are we even gathering? I'll tell you why. To do the work that Jesus told us to do. To go into all the world and to preach the gospel to every creature. Oh, yeah. Whether you're called to be an evangelist, a pastor, a teacher, a prophet, an apostle, it doesn't matter what your calling right. is. God's ultimate purpose, the ultimate purpose of God. What did, he, what did he do? What did Jesus come and do? He laid down his life. He gave it all. He gave it all for all them people you bitter with. You, you, think, you think he just gave it all for you? All them people you angry with that you think God is mad at? All them pastors that did you wrong, guess what? He did it for them too. Guess what? He didn't quit loving them when they did you wrong. You know, that's the thing that messes with me about God. I figure when someone does me wrong, he's going to be like, son, I'm with you. I agree with you, son. I agree with you. You know, the Lord, the Lord will be like, boy, get over it. That's how the Lord talks to me. He's like, boy, get over you. You know, you know what the Lord told me one time? I was like, Lord, I just, I'm just going to, I'm just going to cut off fellowship with them. I ain't going to talk with them no more. He said, hmm, is that what I did with you when you did me that way? I was like, why are you bringing me in this, Lord? That was a long time ago. <laughs> oh, 
<laughs> you know, this, this time of the year, sometimes we can, you know, we can start thinking, well, I deserve me a little something. What y'all get me for Christmas? I'm in the wrong church. I mean, I'm in the wrong church. <laughs> there been a time or two. There been a time or two I said, Danny, I said, what about my Christmas? I mean, all I got is this pair of socks. A tie I'll never wear. <laughs> and when kids are little, you know, they get you them presents. Number one, dad. wear it a total of like one time. You know, them, them dads be looking at you like, doing good, man. But all the cool people looking at you like, look at that guy. <laughs> we need to make sure that we take on the mind of Christ, that we love one another the way he loved us. I'm going to read this and then we're going to take communion. Will you guys get the communion elements ready? I'm going to read this one more time so just so that you remember. And has this helped anybody here today? Listen, you know, if, now if you, got, if you got a wrong attitude, and this is, what, this is what's bad about preaching this way, because I preach, I preach boldly, but I don't preach out of malice. I don't preach out of anger. I'm not angry with nobody. We got a great church with great people. I've been to churches that had problems. Our church, compared to most churches, problem-free. Dear God, I would not want some of the churches I've been to. I would not want to pastor them people. I just, I just you know what? I'd, I'd like probably shut it down and then restart it. <laughs> it's, it's, like a, it's like a bad iPhone. Just you know, <laughs> shut it down and restart. <laughs> But, you know, we all need to remember because we, we, reason why we get our drawers in a bunch sometimes because we forget. Right. We forget the reason why we're doing it. You know what? As we, as we get into armor bear, remember the reason why. Listen, you're not, I'm going to tell you right now, you are not serving me when you serve in this church. You are helping me, but you're, if you're serving me, you're going to be disappointed. Jess, did you, you, you read that book? Is that what bothered you in that book, too, is about talking about serving the leader and serving the Yes, fulfilling the dreams of the leader. Well, you know, you have to kind of put that into context in which he, he wrote it. You know, the dream, the, God gave me a dream. I've, I've told you all this before. Maybe some of you all don't hear it. God gave me a dream. I'm like Martin Luther King. I have a dream. But it ain't about black children and white children. That's not what it's about. Lord, Lord gave when the Lord gave us a dream about Winter's Church. Yeah, I've, to, I've told you all this story. This was not. This is this is the farthest thing from my desires. Again, that's not to say that I come here and I'm like, well, this sucks. Man, I hate this. That's not. I gave up my life. 
Now, I'm, I'm still, he's still working on me. Don't give, uh, this, I'm, this isn't right. to be self-serving. This is not self-promoting. I'm like you, I struggle every day. Every day, Lindsay, I struggle to live for God the way that he intends for me to. I'm doing better now than I did 10 years ago, 15 years ago, 20 years ago. In 20 years, you'll be doing way better, Lindsay, than what you're doing now. I mean, as time goes on, you, you do better. But you're still working. You know why? Because you never arrive. You never arrive. But I've learned something. I have to give up my desires to take his desires. Give up my ambitions to embrace his. There are people's lives that hang in the balance. And some of us worried about how people see us, what the pecking order is at Winner's Church. You know, if I do serve, am I going to get recognized? Am I going to get a, am I gonna get a, a, a humility badge? <laughs> Did you, yeah, yeah. Nobody, bring, nobody brought me any cookies. Nobody brought, Rachel didn't make me any lunch. I didn't get any caldo. <laughs> <laughs> we just got to be about the father's business and you know what our dreams changed our dreams changed our dreams changed into his dreams if this is what he intends for us then God let, let our heart beat with what causes your heart to beat and you know what? We, we're, we're trying not to love y'all the way that we would love you because our love isn't sufficient. But if we, can, if we can continue to endeavor to love one another the way that he loves us. And then the world? Oh, my God. Anyway, you, you want to you wanna get to where God wants you to go? This is, this is the beginning. Be a Christian. This, this is the stuff that's not talked about enough in church. We're talking about how to get people delivered and how to, you know, and all those things are important. Don't get me wrong. But you know, a lot of that is preached on the assumption that we're being, we're being Christians. That we actually love God and love people. Enough. Amen. That we do the word of God. So if there's any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit. But in humility, count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interest of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. And being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even the death on a cross. Therefore hath God highly exalted him.
let this mind be in you. That's what it, you know, that's what the scripture says in the King James. Let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus. Stand up with me, will you? I sure love you guys and I appreciate you. And I know, I know, Ralph, you know, this is, I, I, I remember, uh, when was it? Mother's Day. I think it was before Ralph became a, a member. <laughs> before Ralph became a member around Mother's Day, I, I think I said, I'm not going to be preaching a traditional Mother's Day message. And, and Ralph was straight up with me. He said, I w I'll, I'll see you week after next. I said, all right. He said, because... Uh, you said you wasn't preaching a traditional message, or Easter, Easter. Yeah, you said you wasn't pre preaching a traditional Easter message. He said, but he said, I'm, I'm, I'm looking for a traditional message. Ralph, I really try. I do. I, tr I try to, like, I, I to, maybe, my <laughs> maybe my perspective on, on uh, Christmas and Easter and things of that nature is just maybe different than others. But uh, to me, this, this is seemingly a more traditional and a more Bible-based message uh, than, you know, at Easter, it's a, I find no fault in him, this king of the Jews. We have no king but Caesar. Crucify him. What has he done? What has he done? Crucify him. You know, the whole, what has he done? What has he done? Let him be crucified. As is our custom, I'll release to you one prisoner, Barabbas, Barabbas. Release to us, Barabbas. That's all good. I mean, cantatas and whatnot. It's, it's all. But to me, the message is, the, is he suffered and he died. And why? Why? For what? Because there's a world that's lost and dying and going to hell. And we're the answer. We have the message. We have the truth. Not only do we have the truth, we have the power to reconcile man unto God. And so as we celebrate his birth, <laughs> Gabe, will you come? Come on, Brother Gabriel. You can take it up here. Just don't spill it on that Nord. Thank you, Jesus. You know, the Bible, the Bible says in, in Corinthians, I believe it's 2 Corinthians, isn't it? 2 Corinthians? Second, uh, no, 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 11. Paul says this, he said, For I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the night that he was betrayed took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way also he took the cup after supping, saying, This cup is a new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Whoever therefore eats of the bread and drinks of the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty concerning the body and the blood of the Lord. Are y'all seeing that? Yeah. Therefore, whoever eats this bread or drinks this cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. What does that mean, drinking unworthily? Some people think 
that means drinking this or eating this with sin in your life. Listen, I'm going to tell you something. That's religion. That's not what this scripture is saying. You know what it's saying? It's saying this. Don't drink the cup or eat the bread in an unworthy... In other words, don't drink it and eat it without truly discerning what it is that you're holding in your hand. Don't just do it out of a custom. Don't just do it out of repetition because that's the way it's always been. That's not why we do it. Don't do it because you're hungry. And listen, if, if you're doing this because you're hungry, you're really desperate. Let me buy you lunch today, please. <laughs> but you know, back in the day, there were people that were coming and that was, they were coming only to eat. They weren't, they weren't really discerning the Lord's body, the Lord's blood. We eat and we drink unworthily when we don't understand the power in what we hold in our hand. Listen, there's power in what you're holding in your hand. I know some people say, there's power in that, in that <laughs> stale wafer. No, there's power in what it represents. Jesus, you know, you know what makes this powerful? Jesus said to do it. That's what makes it powerful. When Jesus said to do it, all of a sudden, it took on something new, something it took, it took on something that it wouldn't have if he hadn't said it. But we have to understand Jesus said it. And when he said it, when he said, man, picked a great day to cut my fingernails, didn't I? <laughs> when he said, you got yours ready, buddy? All right. When he said to take and to take, and he broke the bread. And he said to eat of that bread in remembrance of him. Why was his body broken? He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquity. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his wounds, with the brokenness of his body, we were healed. We take of it unworthily when we don't expect to receive the benefits that came with what he did. Let's remember. That, that's, why, that's why it goes on to say this. Ne next verse says this. But let a man examine himself, so let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup. Next verse. For he who eats and drinks unworthily, uh, an unworthy manner, drinks judgment on himself, not discerning the Lord's body. Next verse. For this reason, many are sick and weak among you and many sleep or are dead. See, that's what he said. They didn't die because they didn't die because they shouldn't have been eating it. They died because they didn't understand the power that was in it. They were weak and they were sick because they didn't understand this was their healing. Because they didn't understand that this is this is where their power comes from. Glory to God. This is how I fight my battles. Are y'all hearing me? Yeah. This is how I fight my glory to God. This is how we fight our battles, church. We fight our battles based on the word of God and the provision that he gave us in the power and in the strength of his word and the power of his name.
And so today, in the name of Jesus, as we eat this, as we eat this bread and we partake of the Lord's body, every demonic stronghold, every sickness, every disease, everything that is a come against you in life, in the name of Jesus, it's going to be broken. So Father, we give thanks and we eat of the bread and we receive it and we remember what you did for us. Let's eat. We receive it. Oh, yeah. Glory to God. Gee, I know Jesus tasted better than that. Amen. <laughs> Bible says, taste and see that the Lord is good. Amen. But we're doing this in remembrance. In remembrance. His blood. Why was his blood shed? I'll tell you why his blood was shed. To wash away every one of your sins. Oh, yeah. Jesus was the only sacrifice that didn't cover sins. The blood of, go of, of sheep, goats, of sheep and bulls. The blood of goats didn't do a thing. But the, the blood of sheep and, and bulls and those sacrifices that were made in the Old Testament, they covered up, blotted the sins of the people. But when Jesus came and shed his blood, not only was your sin washed away, but you were made new. It's a new day. It's a new day. Today we're receiving the power of the blood of Jesus released in our life. Lord, we thank you for the cup. We thank you for what it represents. And Lord, we receive today. <laughs> we receive, Lord. The washing of that blood. In Jesus' name, let's drink. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Miss Carolyn got her some real wine in hers. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Sister Rachel, will you come? Our pastor, Pastor Drain, every at Christmas every year, he would have the whole church sing the B.C. Clark jingle. We're not going to do that here, but <laughs> we are going to sing a couple songs that are representative of the season. And how many of you receive this today? How many of you receive all this today? Listen, I, as your as your and I, I want I want I just want to say this to you guys as your pastor. I love you, I, every one of you, whether you've heard it from me one-on-one -on -one or not. Annie and I, we love every one of you guys. And we know that the enemy fights you regularly to try to get you to question that sometimes. To try to question what's in our minds and in our hearts. I just want you to know that this is always what's in our minds and in our hearts. We just want to be obedient to the Lord. We want to be faithful to Him. God has called us to love you, to serve you. We, when we started, we loved you because God made us love you. Now we love you because you're lovable. And I know some of you don't think you are, but you are. We love, come here, mama. We love and we appreciate you guys so much. And we're so grateful for all that you add to our lives.
and I'm not just talking about the work that we're doing as a church. You know, this is God's work. What, what we're seeing happen around here is God's work. But we're glad that you add to us that the Lord is that the Lord has brought you into our lives and that you are like our family. And so uh, we're glad once again that we get to do life with you every year. So uh, Andy and I, we want to wish you guys a very Merry Christmas. Uh, we are praying that you will enjoy your time with your families and that uh, this message won't uh, have, won't have challenged you so much that you leave here. <laughs> you'll leave here wrestling with uh, thoughts and ideas, but that you'll go with a new resolve in your heart to do, uh, to do your best to live for Him in the way that He intends for us to, because that's what it's that's what it's all about. And you want to say something? Amen. We sure do. We love you. And Gabe does too. Gabe, you got something to say? Come on, Miss Rachel, will you sing? Let's sing together. We're going to sing a couple of songs and, and then we'll be dismissed. You can hang out as long as y'all want to. And uh, I sure, again, I sure love y'all. I hope that you all got our a Christmas card. I, I thought it was a good picture. It was. I, I didn't have my mouth open, so that was good. <laughs> Amen. Go ahead, Kate. The first Noel, the angels did say, was to certain poor shepherds in fields as they lay, in fields where they lay.
from this area wonderful y'all stretch your hands toward Rita today let's pray for her Father I thank you for Rita Lord I pray that your blessing will rest mightily upon her Lord may the fire of the Holy Ghost may the fire of your spirit fall upon her today come on some of you ladies come let the fire of the Holy Ghost saturate her today Lord, when she leaves here today, may she leave here knowing that you're working with her, that you're for her, that you're not against her. God, that you are working all things together for her good. Because, Lord, she is called and set apart and anointed for your purpose. Lord, may she be a fulfiller of your plans and your desires in the name of Jesus. I thank you, Father, that every yoke is destroyed and every burden is removed because of the anointing. Lord, that she's leaving here free of any affliction, free of any infirmity, that she's leaving here, Lord, delivered body, soul, and spirit in Jesus' name, filled with the Holy Ghost to overflowing. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we put her in your hands and we thank you for it. In Jesus' name. Everybody that believed it shouted amen. 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 Listen, if there's anyone else that needs prayer, make sure that you see one of the elders. Michael, Twyla, uh, myself, Mary Ann, um, Shree, Tyler, Ayla, Miss Rhonda. Uh, David and Hilda are in California. They will be returning next week uh, at some time, some point in time. I believe they'll be here Saturday. But uh, but keep them in prayer as they're uh, there uh, with their family. And then anyone else, make sure, again, you reach out to people uh, that you don't see here. Maybe they need a little bit of encouragement uh, today. But boy, I, I do. I sure love you. I hope that, I, you know, so, I know some people think that, uh, can think that, um, we, surely we can't feel the way that we do, but we try to communicate it regularly. We really do. It's in times. It's in times like this. I think that it's important for us to know. You know, God called us uh, together as a family. We didn't choose this. God chose this, and I'm so glad. Listen, honestly, <laughs> I, I wouldn't have it any other way. What a great, what a great God. Amen. Anything else? 
yeah, Koinonia Wednesday. Don't forget, we're gathering all here at the church. Um, we are, we're having food, aren't we? Did, did Koinonia lead it? Yeah, bring your favorite dish. Bring the best thing you make. There's a sign up in the app. All of you should be aware of this. Your Koinonia leaders should have gone over this with you already. Um, so I think everyone is aware. I will be talking on um, armor bearing on that day. We will have fellowship and food, but I will be bringing a, a short uh, message on armor bearing. If you are interested in becoming a deacon in this church and serving in some sort of leadership capacity, make sure that you join us because it's important for you to know what, what it is that we require and what we ask our leaders to do, the standards that we have. Uh, we do have standards that we, uh, that we, uh, that we have. But anyway, uh, listen, have a... Congratulations to my beautiful son and his fiance. <laughs> We're excited that they have uh, they they he finally he finally took the plunge and asked the question and she uh, she didn't even she didn't even play hard to get. She was like, absolutely, which I think is awesome. So we have a new addition to our uh, family here in the next, in the coming year. And uh, they, you know, folks, you know how it is. Uh, Gabe, you know, he's, he's, he's working for me. No, most people don't believe he has a job. He will tell you he has a job. And I can attest to the fact that I, I work here. And so... Uh, uh, but anyway, pray for them and lift them up. Where's, where's, where's the old man? Where's Ted? He's in the toilet, ain't he? Listen, uh, Ted, Ted and Debbie had birthdays this past couple of weeks. Huh? Rachel had a birthday on Friday. And Gabe Talley had him a birthday. Yesterday. Come on, Talisha. In two days, Talisha will... In three days, Talisha will turn 28 years old. Glory to God. 